You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. So this this concept of moving from scarcity perspective to one of abundance is is a very natural one that I think we all at some point in our life deal with. And God will give us a peace as he brings us along and appreciation for the things that he does for us. And, it, and as that develops, you do develop an abundance of reality, an abundance mm-hmm. perspective, because the fact is, whether it's material or whether it's spiritual, they are all blessings. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We are continuing our sermon series on the Father's heart, this week looking at the Father's provision. And I'm joined by two special guests and friends. First, we have lead pastor Jose Aroa. Jose, thanks for being here. Good afternoon, Taylor. Good to be here. Great to have you. And I want you to intro our next yeah, we our have... first-time guest. Overseer Paul Dunn in the house. Paul, thanks for being here. Well, it's a pleasure. I'm glad to be here. It'll be a fun conversation. Taylor, what questions? Oh, it's going to be a great conversation. Uh, Jose, I want to start with you, though, because we are going through Malachi, and this time looking at chapter 3 and God's provision. What kind of stood out to you as you were preparing for the message, kind of behind the scenes, uh, getting ready for Sunday? So this message actually... I thought was gonna be last week. I thought we were gonna spend one week in chapter three, but then I read chapter three a number of times and I realized there's two messages here. One was God's protection, which is what we talked about the prior Sunday on what God wants to refine in us and through us and uh, God's discipline and how God's kindness takes out that stuff that doesn't belong there so that we can become more like more like God, more like Jesus in our sanctification. And so then uh, this is the part that stood out to me the most, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. So he's obviously talking about giving, generosity. And again, uh, as we've looked at this series, we can look at what Israel is not doing. um, And we should also look at that from the viewpoint of what God does do for us. So we can't give something that we haven't first received. And in this case, if we don't see God as the provider, then it's really hard for us to freely give. So that's where this message really came came from. Yeah, and you unpacked kind of four key points throughout the message that we'll look at here uh, over the course of this passage. The first one being the recognizing God the Father is our provider. I love one of the things you kind of camped out in this section was on this difference between an abundance mindset and a scarcity mindset. So I'd love to hear- Scarcity, not scarcity, Paul. (laughs) I was uh, talking to Taylor earlier. He said, it's scare, it's not scar. I'm like, that's what happens when English is my second language. (laughs) But but no, I thought it was a great- uh, distinction to kind of uh, unpack. And and I'd love to kind of ask just first off, for someone that's listening that is in that scarcity mentality, that's in that mentality that there's there's not enough, they don't have enough, they've got to just take, take, take. How have you seen in your own life, and Paul, love to hear your thoughts on this too, how, how do you shift from a scarcity mentality over to an abundance mentality with this whole concept that God is our provider? Yeah, you know, I think about um, dinner table for me growing up. Um, it was always who's the first to get the avocado? Who's the first to get the lime? And and I realized that before I knew it, I had this scarcity mentality with food. And uh, I, I didn't think that I'd have enough. And so that made you know me eat faster and and so once I started realizing that I wasn't that was an illogical reality there wasn't a food I was just afraid that I I wasn't gonna have enough um, then quickly you start, 
thinking about the truth. There is enough food. And uh, it really is a sense of recognizing there is enough. And when you know God and you see God as your provider, then he's the abundant God who owns all things. If he looks at the birds and says he's gonna feed them, how much more is he gonna provide for me? So I think it really is tied into uh, us knowing God and us receiving from him. Paul, love to hear your thoughts on that. Just this concept of a scarcity mentality versus an abundance mentality and maybe how someone makes the shift over to the abundance mentality. Well, the food analogy was kind of enlightening for me because I I grew up with uh, six brothers and two sisters (laughs) and uh, the scarcity mentality actually came in handy because when we were at the table, there wasn't enough food Mm -hmm. and we did have to eat fast. So it was a little bit different there. Okay, so food isn't a good comparison for me on this, okay? You know, I would, my thoughts on that are kind of simple. I mean, I don't know anybody that is a tither now that has an abundance mentality that was not a tither at some point in their life. So mm-hmm. this this concept of moving from scarcity perspective to one of abundance is is a very natural one that I think we all at some point in our life deal with. Mary and I did mm-hmm. uh, in our walk. And I think what what I would offer there is that we just needed to relax about it. Wow. And God will give us a peace as he brings us along and appreciation for the things that he does for us. And, it, and as that develops, you do develop an abundance of reality, an abundance mm-hmm. perspective, because the fact is, whether it's material or whether it's spiritual or even in the challenges of life, those are all an abundance mentality. They are all opportunities. They're all blessings. So um, as that relates to money, it's just an opportunity, you know, to begin to recognize that's part of it as well. Mm. That's really good. That's really good. I love from what you said there, Paul, that worry and scarcity are tied together, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And guilt, Mm. you know, because guilt can be a part of that. I mean, I think as, as we begin our walk with God and as we come to these understandings about giving and the privilege that it is to give. As we're getting there, there's this, again, I just use us as an example because that I know. We There were times when Mary and I would have those conversations and when we weren't there yet as with respect to the tithe and, and even later on tithes and offerings and, and we would struggle with the guilt. And again, we had to slay that. And by yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit, we could. And you come to where... In your giving, it becomes a very joyful experience, and 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 you get a peace uh, that you know that you're in in the middle of God's will at whatever point or at whatever level you have chosen to give at that point. You're just looking for the peace that comes with knowing that you're in the center of God's will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's I think such a key thing that Jose you mentioned even when it comes to this how easily uh, prosperity gospel can creep in because as we do start to make that shift over to obedience then we start to think okay we're we're somehow working towards God or we're earning towards God and uh, and yet that's so that's so something that I know I need to watch out for and be careful of the second point here is to freely give through the kingdom so just that concept of uh, knowing that that we're not giving to, to get a certain reward from God, but instead, uh, Jose, I'd love you to unpack that a little bit more as far as that blessing, because I think yeah. some people were used to or expecting this idea that maybe you get a financial reward in return, but what does that look like as far as to have that peace and to have that blessing that you were just talking about? We have to look at what blessings God promises us. So he doesn't offer us, I mean, John sixteen thirty three. in this world, you will have Trouble. <laughs> so when there is trouble, then we can remember God 
Jesus said this, that we will have trouble. But he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. So when Jesus returns, he promises us the blessing. Revelation 21 talks about this. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. Uh, it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, That reality that, that we will live in then. That's then. Now we, we live in troubled times. So I think the blessing more so looks like peace through the storm and holding on to little uh, aspects of goodness, maybe taking inventory of what, um, you know, we have. I think it's interesting with abundance and scarcity, we have an abundance of wealth here in our culture. I mean, we're talking into these microphones, we're recording this podcast because we have equipment um, and we have these phones and devices that play this through the internet, right? Um, But if you look at how a person lives out in the Amazon in Peru or in the middle of nowhere. If you've traveled and you've been to these impoverished places, I would bet that they're, the percentage of people living in an abundance mentality are greater in places that are impoverished than the percentage of people that are living with an abundance mentality where the reality really is abundant. And I think that has to do with this idea of blessing. You know, God's blessing gives us enough. God's blessing of salvation is all we really need. And he goes over and beyond and accompanies us. He, his Holy Spirit is present with uh, us through, through presence. So really defining that blessing is important. Mm. Mm. Paul, would you add anything to that as far as the blessing we receive from giving? No, I, I agree with everything Jose was saying. I, I, and what came to mind for me is that is the blessing of challenges and trials. I mean, it, it sounds a little weird, but the fact of the matter is that the things that have drawn us closer to God has always been the trials yeah. and, and, and you know the tribulations that are an inevitable part of all of our lives. And uh, it's in those times where you feel helpless Mm -hmm. that you get some of the greatest blessings that we'll ever experience. And, um, you know, so we we don't look forward to the challenges, Mm -hmm. but we can rest assured that when those challenges come, it's an opportunity for us to to sit back and and let God, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, draw us closer to Him, mm-hmm. and that's always a blessing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, giving uh, giving to to God can be difficult in all seasons, but especially like you're saying in these these difficult yeah. times. That's something that uh, we, you looked at Hosea and Malachi three in verses thirteen and fourteen, yeah. just looking at the the uh, this concept of trusting God through disappointment right. and continuing to give in disappointment. I think for a lot of people, they maybe can kind of uh, give to God when things are going really well. You know, their portfolio is looking great and their bank account looking high, but but it is in those times of, of hardship that maybe they think they can't afford to give to God. So I know it's kind of a loaded question, but how, what encouragement would you give to someone that is in that, that maybe it's a, a family that's going through their budget and they just, hey, we, we can't afford to give right now. We can't afford to tithe. How have y'all two wrestled with that in your own personal walks? And and what kind of encouragement would you give to someone who's just in that place right now of, of, of wrestling with that? Well, Go ahead, Paul. Well, you know, please, you go ahead. That's a, that's a t- I'll sit here and think about it. I actually, I mean, I, again, what comes to mind there uh, is uh, I'm sympathetic. I mean, because they're in all of our lives. And I, again, I'm, I think back to specific circumstances in, in Mary's and my life 42 years now where we've had and been in situations like that. And, and all I can uh, suggest is, is, is one of perseverance. Yeah. And, and, and confidence uh, in God's faithfulness. 
Um, and even even to this point in our life right now, it's an unusual time for Mary and I. I mean, we, by the grace of God, we are retired, but with retirement, you you have no income, and so we still have an opportunity to give, and and we're we have made the choice to to give forward. In other words. We're, we're giving when there is no income, knowing that God has been faithful in the past and knowing that God will be faithful in the future. And um, he can keep tabs on all this and we can, you know, we can reconcile everything as the blessings come in the future. Uh, but there are opportunities for us, even in times like this where uh, circumstances are different, to be faithful and to, and to still receive the joy that comes with being able to give. It, I can't emphasize strongly enough that it's such a privilege, regardless of your circumstances, to find an opportunity to be faithful to God's calling. To because in the end, it's just it's an opportunity to glorify God. It's the greatest opportunity we have just to say thank you, yeah. thank you for for all the circumstances in our life. Yeah, and we get to build something that no other organization, entity here on earth can do, and that is further the kingdom of God. That's been given to the church. That's been given to the bride of Christ. And again, he works through people. He works through imperfect people like us. And uh, he he lets imperfect people be in leadership (laughs) of this organization. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. God's order is beautiful. And the, you know, I think about when Jesus gave Peter the keys to the church. And what did he say? Uh, upon this rock, I will build my church. He wasn't saying Peter. Um, you know, if you were uh, raised in the Catholic tradition, you <laughs> learn that Peter was the first pope. And I think there's, there's, I, I, I understand where that came from. But that what what Jesus was giving the keys to was the faith that Peter had. Paul, that's what you just talked about. You, you and Mary are living in faith. You don't know <laughs> what the future is going to look like, and yet you. You put that, that's what faith looks like. And I thought about what uh, James says in the beginning of uh, chapter one, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, steadfastness. So it it really is the most active uh, test that God gives us. Hey, if you really want to follow me, give me all of you. And that includes finances. And then again, he says, I'm not only testing you, you test me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he says in Malachi, right? Yeah. Test me in this, give to me and, and watch blessing come. Again, gotta think about what the right blessing is. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that came to mind was Mark chapter 12, where the widow is uh, Jesus. I wish I could be here in the scene because Jesus says he's just watching the temple and Pharisees give out of out of their their richness, and then there's this widow that just gives two cents, and and she says that her offering was the greatest because she gave out of her poverty, mm-hmm. so she didn't have much, and yet proportionally she gave the most. Jesus is looking at her heart, and so it doesn't matter how much you have. If you give with little, it'll be easier to give more later, uh, because the lie in our minds is I'll give when I have, mm. and that in reality will never come if we don't give with little. 
Mm-hmm. I think one of the most frequent lies uh, from the world and just our culture, which is not even new for our time, but back in Jesus' day, is that our worth is defined by our wealth and is defined by our, our bank account and our income. And so regardless of where you are on the ladder, that, that can easily, at least in my life, be something that just tends to come back and forth as far as, oh, I, I need to, to, to make more in order to be more as a person. And yet this kind of fourth point here, Jose, you had here is just that we are God's treasured possession, regardless of how much we make and regardless of what we do. But how do you to just continue to uh, fight maybe that temptation or just that lie from the world that your worth does come from your wealth. And just, I feel like there's so many, uh, you know, books and uh, shows and all kinds of stuff that kind of help build wealth and kind of gear towards this is going to give you significance. And so how do you kind of make sure that you're thinking with an eternal mindset instead of thinking from a worldly financial mindset? It's <laughs> a good question, Taylor. I'll, I'll say this much there's a tie-in from last week talking about the furnace and being refined by fire and him using the analogy of, of gold. Um, gold is being refined and God sees us as valuable. That's why he wants to refine us. And then here again, he says we're his treasured possession. He again here is placing value on us, period. It's how he sees us. So if we don't see ourselves the way that we see, the way that he sees us, then it's gonna be really hard for us to see our finances the way that he wants us to see our finances, knowing that he's, he's got it all and he wants us to be generous in the same way that he was generous with us. Great. I'm still thinking about your question, uh, you know. So ask it again because I'm, yeah. I'm I'm approaching this from two different perspectives. Sure. I want to make sure it's well. Yeah, no, feel free know. to add what you think. Yeah. But I just think about uh, just how the world says that our worth comes from our wealth or how much we're worth in in our finances. So so how do you fight against that, knowing that God doesn't see us by the amount of income that we make or our, our paycheck every week? Boy, it is a good question. I mean, almost by what you just said. I mean, he doesn't see us that way. I'm just just rely on the fact that he sees us as as his children. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there's a there's a connection there between working your way or giving your way to be received by God as his son yeah. or as his daughter yeah. to the gospel message, which is there's nothing we could have done mm-hmm. to deserve the right to become children of God. It's only because of the righteousness of Jesus and his sacrifice for us. It's yeah. all response-based. And it is. And honestly, yeah. it makes me think so much of what the, if you've read them, what Bob Moss puts out every day. But there's yeah. this underlying theme about an awareness. And mm-hmm. regardless of your circumstance, regardless of your wealth, regardless of your, you know, the situation you find yourself in, that in every conversation, in every circumstance, in every, there's an opportunity if you have an awareness of, Christ and and his presence there that uh, it's easy to stay pretty humble about your worth coming from your wealth it because it doesn't mm-hmm. it comes from being a tool uh, to be utilized by Christ uh, to glorify God the Father and, and so it's just it's a wonderful this thing awareness if you can hang on to it if you cannot Think about the guy that's uh, slamming on his brakes in front of you and, you know, <laughs> keep an awareness in that circumstance or an awareness in your wealth or an awareness in your poverty yeah. that regardless of those circumstances, um, he loves us yeah. and, uh, you know, and he, and he shows it. Mm. 
That's so good. That is so good. One of the things I love about uh, the time this podcast allows is for us to get a little practical and kind of think about ways of applying the message that we heard on Sunday. Uh, I can't let you go, Paul, without asking you some practical <laughs> questions. Jose, too, I think about uh, Paul, your wife, Mary. She says, you were Dave Ramsey before Dave Ramsey was Dave Ramsey. <laughs> and so I think some things, some hurdles that, that prevent people from giving generously is uh, the way they manage their finances, or maybe they haven't been taught that growing up. And so there could just be some very practical kind of steps. So you don't have to lay out a whole, you know, go along for 30 minutes or kind of thing as far as a, a quick financial spiel. But, but what would you maybe just high level kind of recommendations for people just to get a grasp of their finances so they can be at a point where they can be generous yeah. in their giving? Sure. I mean, and first off, Mary and I, again, we've been through over the years, uh, it's, it's a process, guys. And, you know, there's, I love Dave Ramsey and the things, and, and Larry Burkett years ago before he passed away, the principles were the same and that you can become a slave to debt yeah. if you're not careful. And, and so the idea about living a debt-free life is, uh, is liberating. And yet there are limitations to that. I mean, early in Mary's and my life together when we had a young family, debt done responsibly was a necessity for our first home and for our first car and for things like that. But the you know it, to have that as a goal and to not let uh, your cravings uh, get the better part of your um, of your finances is a good thing. Uh, there's this old adage that my dad taught me, and it's just basically this: to live below your means, yeah. and that's usually going to be a formula that allows you to get to a point where you don't have debt, and it is truly a liberating thing, and it's a good goal I think for anybody to have or for any business to have for that matter. I'll say, what would you add? Any any thoughts? Any any points? No, Dave Ramsey himself said said, <laughs> said it all. Uh, I, I'm grateful that I was taught that before I started my family, and so we, to your point, Paul Taylor and I have greatly benefited from never, you know, having a credit card or anything like that. Again, wow. I, I'm I'm grateful wow. that 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 was something that was taught to me, and that you know, by God's grace and in our circumstance, we've been able to. Um, not only uh, provide for our needs, but give generously and be a part of, you know, God's way to transform the world. So this was a good conversation, Paul. Thanks for sure. Glad to be here. Coming and, and sharing your, your wisdom. I have a feeling that we'll be hearing from you again. And uh, I'm looking forward to closing out the series next week with Malachi chapter four, The Father's Power. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.